podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome once again to another Match Day edition of the Leeds That Podcast. I'm Paul. Today I'm going to be joined by Andy and James, but for the moment I'm on my own. Coming up, we'll be discussing our head-to-head record, how the teams are lining up, and we'll give our predictions for the game, and as always, have a chat afterwards. James and Andy are dropping a note in for the first half of the podcast. The festive schedules plays havoc with everything. Uh, sadly, not with the football this year, though. I'm really feeling that um, the Boxing Day fixture traditionally causes upset in at least a couple of households, depending on the scheduling. But in my head, it's a brilliant day. You've had your Christmas and you get out, you see your mates, you discuss the things you've got, what you did, what you've been up to. So it's that lovely reunion moment. And it's just that little escape, isn't it, from all the Christmas chaos that can be going on around you. Don't get me wrong, I love Christmas. However, part of my Christmas is the football. So it seems very strange to be watching it at 12 o'clock on a whatever day it is, Sunday apparently. So head-to-head record. Leeds have won 31, drawn 11 and lost 18 against Burnley. Recent fixtures, uh, not so good. But I think we all have some decent memories of going to Turf Moor and turning them over last minute jobs. So it's it's one of those fixtures. I'm always surprised by how close Burnley is to Leeds geographically. It's probably, uh, I would have to fact check this, but it's certainly one of our closest fixtures in terms of distant geographical distance this season because obviously many teams such as Bradford and Huddersfield are nowhere near us in the division. Team news is in. I have to say it's it's one of them games today where it feels it's a bit like a game of chess but where the, the strategy has been pretty much laid out in front of you. Burnley have got a very mean defence and a very lean forward line. We have got the opposite, and our our defence today. Well, let's go through the team. It's Melier with Dallas, Alioski, Ailing, and Strike in front of him. So it's another enforced change. We don't have a recognised first team centre half playing. We've got Strike, um, who's who's done well when he's come in, and I, I have I have faith in him. I've been impressed by Ailing playing at centre half. I always have, but we do give up. Maybe with Pascal coming in, hopefully we have a, that little bit of height coming back in front. Phillips. Uh, Diaz Beloli, aka Rafinha, Click, Rodrigo, Harrison, and Bamford. Lining up against us, we have a couple of the players who we've sold, uh, who've gone on to much bigger things in Burnley uh, Chris Wood and Charlie Taylor, along with Pope Lauten, Tarkovsky, me, Benson Brownhill, Westwood Peters, and Barnes. Burnley season ticket holder, Bailey Peacock Farrell, is on the bench for them. Uh, he left us to go on to bigger and better things to watch from the bench for a year but it's it's a really interesting one so what Sean Dykes just said in advance is the whistle blows and the game doesn't always pan out how you think it will but football doesn't change too much and it's about putting the ball in the net and keeping it out of that one they've conceded 30 goals so there are ways of opening them up he said in the week as well he's targeting set pieces we'll we will just have to see we will just have to see how it pans out. Marcelo delivered a beautiful press conference in the week again, uh, picking apart the ways in which we were better than Manchester United despite losing 6-2. Um, he's, he's, I think he's been far more respectful to Burnley than 
Sean Dyke has to us. I think he has clearly been ruffled by the fact that people are saying that we're a decent outfit. Yeah, we're, we're Premier League newcomers. We've we've come in, we've um, we've scored a lot of goals, but we we have conceded a lot of goals. It's it's just different. Paul Merson again this week saying he'd be furious if you're a Leeds fan. Don't see too many furious Leeds fans about. I think people are, are, are pretty happy and pretty balanced with how things are going. And at the end of the day, I know I didn't do the podcast last week, but bringing that little bit of positivity, ultimately, we won 5-2, then we lost 6-2. Goal difference is, is going to be worth, at the most, one point this season. We could have drawn both of them nil-nil and been far worse off, and some people would be happier, but I'm not. We've got a point more, and that's the most important thing. So, what are they saying on the opposition forums? Burnley fans saying, yet again, we're playing a team on the back end of there having received a good beating. The manager insists that the media is wrong in criticising his style of play. Therefore, they've been busy convincing his players that there is only one way to play, so they'll come out with a gung-ho style and expect to win easily because Bielsa says they can. Yep, that's how it works, mate. That's exactly how it works. Against this, we have a claret side that Cannon has been defending stoically and picking up points, so it should be interesting. Unless we've had too much Christmas pudding to decide like we play like we did against Manchester City. So basically what he's saying is they should do really well, but maybe they won't, which is uh, solid analysis. Referee for today's game, thank you as always to El Loco Joe on Twitter, is Rob Jones. Newly promoted, um, he follows into the Premier League this season, taking charge of only his third game in the Premier League. Um, Joe believes that he's one of the better referees in the AFL. He ref five of our games last season, including the away win at Blackburn, Forest Draw and Centenary win over Birmingham, both at home. I've only lost one league game, his first one away at Ipswich. Um, ooh, it was that red card for O'Kane one, but clearly he's improved since then. So, as I said before, unfortunately due to uh, the scheduling, we haven't been able to get together before this game. We will be together afterwards. So here's what Andy and James had to say about the game today. Yo, yo, what's up? Burnley game day. Very excited. It's been a long old week since the horrible, horrible defeat to scum. That really, really hurt, as you probably heard on the last podcast. But we move on to the Burnley game. It's a game, again, that we should be looking at winning. So I'm really hopeful. Before we get into all that, I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. I certainly did. My family are pretty wicked. I've got some nice Leeds United stuff. And I'm hoping that we can all enjoy using it and wearing it with pride today as we smash Burnley. I like their defence. I know they've been a bit ropey. Um, but they've got some decent quality players. And I like that Nick Pope have got in the sticks. So I'm hoping it's one of them games where we do create a lot of chances. And that we're not frustrated by the end and we, we grab a couple of goals. They've been a bit leaky going forward. I say leaky. They've not scored, really. I think they've got 11 goals all season, uh, if that. So that's not too great. Let's see how we go against them today. I think Tarkovsky, if he has a good game, could keep us quiet. And I think they've got a decent left-back. I'm looking forward to the battle between Rafinha and Charlie Taylor. Charlie Taylor is one of the players that I would have back to fill that left-back void. I think Dallas has been doing good there, but we need a proper, proper left-back, I feel, to uh, keep us ticking this season. Not a makeshift one who does well, who can play everywhere, but a proper attacking left-back who can also defend very well. And I think Taylor fits that bill. It's just, I can't remember if he left being a bit of a div, but, you know, let's see. Scoreline prediction for today, I fancy 
2-0 leads, getting back at it, shutting them out. Uh, it sounds like Lorente's going to be fit for this game, so looks like it could be Ailing and Lorente at the back. Alioski left back, Dallas right back. So let's just see how we go. Um, but yeah, 2-0 leads. Come on, leads. Yo, yo, yo. Andy, mate, you are too cool. Too cool. Hope everyone's had a good Christmas, um, especially to our mate, actually, Hayden Evans. Um, he was in hospital just before Christmas, so wishing him a speedy recovery, mate, and uh, hopefully we can catch up with you soon. Take care, buddy. Um, hopefully Leeds can cheer you up against Burnley today. It's uh, a funny one, this, isn't it? We've lost so many players to them over the years. Uh, sort of what felt like critical moments, you know, like Charlie Taylor going and Chris Wood, obviously, after he had that blinding season, but just wanted Premier League football. Um, but, you know, I feel we're a far better side for, for them going and, and kind of going through the hard times that we did and, and look at us now. You know, you'd like to think we're a, a much stronger side with a much better manager and much better players. So come on, mate. Against them, stats-wise, we are um, in a really good position. We've scored 24 goals. They've scored six or four times as many. Uh, we've had way more tackles, way more passes, way more shots, double the amount of shots. The one thing that kind of scares me a little bit is the fact that they're just a, such a rigid team and, and defend. Although their position in the league you know, doesn't really back this up, but they defend very well. They've had five clean sheets. They're in the top six of teams with clean sheets this season. Um, we've obviously got our mate Paddy Bamford, who is on nine goals this season, and I would love to see him score a goal or a couple of goals or three goals against Burnley, particularly that Sean Dyche allegedly said that Patrick Bamford hadn't had to work for anything in his life. So let's show him up. It'd be great to see Paddy come out on top in this one. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling confident about this one. I reckon, you know me, I never exaggerate. I think I said 4-1 against Scum or something like that. Ugh. Um, no, 4-0 I said, jeez. Um, but this one, I, I, I am feeling confident. I think we'll be hurting after the last defeat. So I'm going to say 4-1 leads. And my word is happy. I can't remember what his name is, but that guy on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, referred to Turf Moor as his happy place. Well... I'd say Ellen Road is my happy place. Although I'm sad we can't be there today. You know, I can't wait to be back there and just be happy with all my mates and with with the rest of the 30-odd thousand screaming idiots. Brilliant. Cheers for those notes, guys. I tend to agree with a lot of what you've said there. Um, James, you do get carried away with your predictions. Um, I can't believe that you said that we beat Man United 4-0, but there you go. Um, my prediction today, I'm going to say... 1-0 lead. Let's go and do it. Let's go and show that we can win 1-0 again. The Everton game was a classic, wasn't it? Um, and, and they've gone out and, and beaten teams. They're right up at the top of the league again. We can be solid. We we aren't that going out. When you look at the analysis that Bielsa did, uh, again, teams don't off... The, they did it last year. It's just that there's more chances. Teams are being so efficient in front of goal. And they will be because they're better. So we've got to cut down those chances... Uh, that we're conceding. Uh, one word, I'm going to say cautious. I'd like it to be ever so slightly more cautious. I'd like to think we'll get through the first couple of minutes. I hadn't even got a t- chance to get a drink last week before uh, uh, people were telling me it was 2-0. Oh, God. 
Anyway, it's a new game. It's a new week. We've got three games before this time next week. That's absolute madness. So we have to be cautious. We'd love to pick up some points this Christmas season. Don't want to put a downer on it. It isn't always our best time of year, but it's a new set of players. It's a new new team. Let's see what we can do. We'll be back together after this. So we're back and it's... Leeds United won Burnley nil. Just as I called in the first half of the podcast, I said, gritty, grind it out, we need to do it. And man, it nearly killed me. Oh, that was horrible, wasn't it? Merry Christmas, Paul. Merry Christmas, Andrew. Ugh, that was hard. That was a hard watch. Hey, what though? This beer tastes even sweeter now, doesn't it? Oh, very sweet, very sweet. So let's go through it. It's another game. I said I wanted to keep it tight, avoid an early goal. They had a corner in the first couple of minutes. I thought, here we go again. You thought Lorente was playing, was going to play, didn't? No, he didn't. I think the guy who stepped in, though, was very good. I think he was everything we needed today. Yeah, definitely. If I was being um, very, very positive for Burnley, I would say that they actively avoided putting balls anywhere near where he was trying to defend an area to try and put it towards one of our smaller defenders. We've got strike, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Good, because... Calvin wasn't absolutely unbelievable today. So could be getting it for me. Oh, Calvin was amazing. Um, so committed to everything. But they, as I said, we, we brought in someone with a bit of height. And I think that they actively tried to bypass the height. We've won one now. We don't only win those games, do we? No. So we get, we get a penalty. I don't know in what world that penalty is vaguely controversial. No. Not a Scooby-Doo. I can't understand anybody claiming he played the ball. Yeah, and he fully wiped out the man anywhere on the pitch. That's If if he isn't the keeper, which is now protected by by a uh, double jeopardy rule, that's a red card for me. Yeah, it was, it was like a rugby tackle, wasn't it? It's disgusting. I actually saw someone on Facebook commenting uh, on a post that Robbie Savage said about how, how on earth is that a penalty for Leeds because Nick Pope's played the ball first. And somebody repeated uh, commented saying has there been a game of rugby league recently uh, Ellen Road the pitch is terrible yes the pitch is terrible but playing the ball first if you clear your man out everyone knows in the current game of football is not acceptable first mistake you've done there Paul if, if I may you may you've got on Facebook that's dumb you should know that Leeds United and Facebook don't go well together secondly you engaged with a Robbie Savage post on Facebook so yeah no. Well, I engage with a Burnley fan I know who age be savage post. Third thing you've done wrong is you know a Burnley fan. Well, I work very near the border. Oh, so you know both of them then? Yeah, both brother and sister. Surprisingly. Then, to be fair to Nick Pope after that howler, Bamford scored a brilliant penalty. But... <laughs> to be fair to Nick Pope, Bamford's pinged it top corner. And then Nick Pope's had a bloody absolute worldy of a game, hasn't he? Yeah, and you'll take that, won't you? If you're an England fan, you know, English goalkeeper had a worldie, leads one. Boom. We must address the elephant in the room. We were very lucky not to have them have an equalizer. Well, I'll tell you what, as we haven't dropped any points today, I'll I'll say this. I think that that is something that is not just a one-off. It's been going on forever. It's the automatic protect the goalkeeper rule. And just because it happened today 
doesn't mean that we haven't been victims of it before, etc., etc. It is a long-standing thing that if the keeper goes down and doesn't fully catch the ball in a challenge with someone else, the referee automatically protects the keeper. And it's wrong. I'm going to say that everybody knew that he'd blown the whistle and we would have kept the ball out anyway, so bog off. However, we, you know, I, I do agree with that. But anyone saying, oh, should have been 1-1, we put the ball in. Um, you're wrong, mate, because we would have gone and smashed you if it had got to one all. Merry Christmas and the podcast there. <laughs> That's not even the music anymore. Second half was a horrible watch, wasn't it? Oh, it was hide behind anything. It was the pitch. It was the nature of it. But we really, really, really needed to grind out a disgusting 1-0, which is why I said it at the start. It was horrible to watch. How much do you reckon you aged? It's about 15 years. <laughs> it was crazy, wasn't it? It was crazy. The only thing I can think of is the, the Pablo chance where, where Alioski did the uh, bicycle kick and he broke. And I think Pablo just, I think he wants to prove his worth and I don't think he needs to, to anybody. Slot in Jack Harrison, who should have scored in the first half. And, uh, and you find no one, Pablo doesn't need to do anything this year. We love Pablo. He's done enough for this club. But he, he definitely didn't need to, to be taken. But I mean, still I drew it. I thought he played really well. He did. He played really well and he drew, a, he drew a great save from the keeper in that moment. But yeah, other than that, I can't think of any noteworthy chances that we had. Um, I'm glad that we kept Charlie Taylor quiet. I'm glad that we kept Chris Wood quiet. I'm glad that Bailey Fee. Peacock Farrell kept up his season ticket on the Burnley bench. Um, I wish they'd played it. It would have been a different game, wouldn't it? Well, true. We could have been pinging it all over the place. Yeah, it's it's it was it was hard because we were out of possession. We were having to be gritty. But like you say, this is where we have to start talking about individuals and Calvin. And we, I forgot to mention this in the first half of the podcast, but when we saw that they were lined up with two strikers, we knew that he'd actually sit in and be part of a back three. And well, the commentators added, they bloody morons. Uh, to be fair, I think they did kind of acknowledge it. They just they just tried to keep up a narrative. Towards the end of the second half. They they tried to keep up a narrative, but it, it it's he was brilliant and he did what he needed to do. And and Bielsa did Bielsa take click off because he was having a poor game, or did he take him off again because he was protecting him on the yellow cards and he knew that we'd uh, that bringing Shaq on would be fine to grind out the 1-0. I think it took players off who weren't fitting the... Not the systems of what everyone tried. As you say, it's really good for us to see out a gritty, gritty game of a gritty performance. But I think Rodrigo, Rafinha and Click were all absolutely knackered, weren't they? When we took those players off, did we end the game with none of our signings for the Premier League... We signed Melier technically. But did we end the game with an 11 who had played for us last season? It shows where we're at. And this is, it doesn't bug me because I don't care because it's, it's the media and you could ignore the media and focus on Marcelo as, as bit, a bit big on the whole style thing. And it's really interesting because a few years ago, the first time I heard style brought up was something to do with Gary Monk and Gary Monk bit. And he was like, we have a clear style and uh, on Radio Leeds and he was ranting about it. And I was thinking, I don't have a clue what our style is. It's just try and win the game of football and that's literally it. Whereas for, you know, 
the third season now where I know very clearly what our style is. We know exactly how it's going to be. But, I mean, Marcelo, by a bit, I mean, articulately for 40 minutes, demonstrated to journalists how he is a wizard of football. But what was my point? Where did I start talking? Something about being on 20 points. That wasn't it. It's, it's a good point to make, though, isn't it? It's a great point. Been on 20 points at this stage of the season, huge. And what are we now, 18 points ahead of Sheffield United? <laughs> yeah. I, I think I said it first half, I was so disappointed with the scum game last week, as you all probably heard, this feels so sweet. Because I think we played better in that 6-2 defeat than we have done in a 1-0 victory today. Discuss. Our big time, and that's what Marcel was saying, and my train of thought has uh, returned to me. It upsets me that the narrative is that we're poor defensively and that it isn't. Leeds United do not have a first-choice centre-back available to them. We have three centre-halves, Koch, Cooper, Lorente, and strikes, none of them. Strikes a centre-half. He's just a babby, isn't he? he? He is, but he is an inexperienced um, first opportunity, kind of, uh, certainly first time in the Premier League, centre-half. So our first three first choice centre backs are unavailable and too many that's a lot of centres and backs but (coughs) the point is the narrative could easily be Leeds United have a defensive crisis we're playing and and, uh, the crisis about left back isn't that we just chose not to have a left back and sold one that's that's our own issue but the fact that we're playing a right back at centre half a winger at right back, a winger at left back, and an inexperienced centre half at centre half. Yeah, he said this whole crisis thing. If you look at Sean Dyche pre match, he was going, Yep, we've got loads of players out. I'm bored of talking about it. we've got loads of players out, loads of players out. And like you say, we didn't win you by it once, went beaten 1 0. You're as good as your manager. I ironically, I brought up in the first half about Sean Dyke uh, saying, that in his, his pre-match interview before the directly before the game that basically you can say what you want but it's about scoring goals and 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 whatever and uh, style and everything else becomes irrelevant it's a, it's a game of football and that's what happened you know we actually ended up getting a goal and then gritting it out they probably had more chances today than they've had in a game all season based yeah. on the stats that I've seen we've probably had less i think we still ended up with more possession at the end of the day, and I said this in the first half, which was my thoughts on the last two games, we got three points out of six in the last two games. We got absolutely battered by a team that we despise, but we battered someone else. and We ended up on minus one on goal difference. Now, across three games, we're on zero goal difference, six points. That's immense at this level. That's absolutely immense. So last Sunday do not count. Who cares? Uh, last Sunday was bloody awful, mate. It's going to stick a horrible taste in the mouth for ages. You clearly didn't drink enough because you remember it. Oh, mate. Do you care, though? Anyway, it's irrelevant. We've won. Yeah, We've won really one, no. We can go on about it. I really care. I f- absolutely hated it. Do you? Because, yeah, because for them, losing 1-0 today is they get as little points as we got last week. Yeah, but it's pride, it's rivalry, it's, it's history. And I haven't found any of them lot coming after us anyway let's, 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 I'm getting angry again I should be happy you should be happy that's what I'm saying we've got six points out of nine it's two two wins in a row at home do you know what is absolutely bollocks though that we're not there no that we've got another game in two days that is bollocks but they haven't played yet 
That's we they've got, they've we got another game before we play. We get <laughs> two and a half. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting game next one, isn't it? How far in the West Brom are we? 13 points. It's a big it's a big win today. It's absolutely huge because... They can't now unless we beat West Brom. Again, and this is going to end up in my word narrative, but the narrative really was that Burnley are, are on a decent run. They've played well against teams. They know their, their identity. They have a clear identity. And it's, I heard someone saying, unashamedly direct. I'd hate to be a Burnley fan. It's dull as dishwater. I just want to know where to buy gloves. So, uh, man of the match, Andy. Calvin Phillips, next. Uh, Calvin Phillips. So Let, Let's give him some chat, because you, you sometimes take for granted, and it always makes me smile when Calvin plays that well, because we've been in the ground and there's been people hammering him, absolutely tearing shreds off him, saying, oh, he's not good enough, is this, is that? And now, he's the best defensive midfielder in the Premier League. I think that's completely fair. Like, he didn't even... Well, he does play defensive midfield. Today, he played pretty much defensive defence. But... Yeah, and then, he, then he went back into his normal role, then into an attacking role. He was absolutely everywhere. And he's a little legend who donated us a signed England shirt. Segway! The raffle finished today during our game. Calvin's a legend. He, he, he gave us that shirt, no questions asked. He'd have given us anything we wanted. He'd probably given us keys to his gaff if you'd have asked him, Andy. But we've ended up raising... Yeah, if you're listening. We've ended up raising uh, over six and a half grand that's going direct to feeding the families closest to Ellen Road who are most in need. So, Calvin, you're a legend. And uh, fair play... The winner of the raffle is Tom Ringrose, who's been in touch, and we will sort out your signed England shirt from Calvin as soon as is possible. Thank you to everybody who entered, because it genuinely makes a difference to, to the people who, who need it the most in terms of those food parcels. Thank you to the Slunglow who, who are organising that and for the partnership we've had with them. And for everyone who's either retweeted, shared, and, and recognised that this is a really important cause. Do you know how Jennifer Ross says his name? Go on. Wingwells. Who else had a decent game? Because you've gone straight for Calvin. I think I'd, I'd agree with you, but who, who stood out for you? Pascal Strike, Stuart Dallas. Luke Aylin was class as well, wasn't he? I think Luke Aylin's our player of the season so far. I, I, think, I don't think I'd disagree. I think he's played probably every minute um, there or thereabouts. And... and Oh, it must be sweet for Luke. It must be so sweet. Speaking of sweet, it must be sweet for for Pat Bamford, who um, James called out in the first half with his. Uh, he said he wanted to see him getting, wanted to see him getting amongst the goals today, and and he was on the score sheet. Do you? He says that he's taking. He's on pens now because he's going for the golden boot. No, he didn't. He did. That's what he said on Sky afterwards. No, he didn't. He said he's on it because. Click missed one, and although he got a retake, he takes the next one. He all, all right. He also said he's going for the thing? golden boot. He's going for the golden boot, though. That's <laughs> crazy, isn't it? Patsy Bamford, if you get the golden boot in the Premier League this year, the amount of people you will suck <laughs> up would be absolutely beautiful. I'll just say this sentence You're only three off Mo Salah, Pat. Do you know what, Pat? <laughs> If you get the golden boot, I'm going to ring up my mate Doc. I'm going to go get in the DeLorean. I'm going to travel back to 2019. 
and it get into Ellen Road. And when that geezer behind us goes, Bumford, I'm going to go, 100 quid as it's goal and boot in Premier League next season. What about that geezer in front of us? Oh, that Favreau in yours. That's the one, yeah. Oh, oh he has it. No, he's eating his own words. It's what he's, it's what mother-in-law texts me saying. So it's fine. But James, you got what you wanted. You got Pat uh, sticking it to Mr. Dyke for, I think his words are outrageous, what he said to him about not having to work for anything in your life. So presumptuous. That's what Sean Dyke has said to Patrick Bamford when he was at, when he was at Burnley, that he'd never had to work for anything in his life. Well, I'll tell you what, he's worked for it now, hasn't he? Because he got barely any minutes. He'd had 39 minutes across several Premier League clubs on loan from Chelsea before before now and the goals and everything else he deserves it I love Patrick Bamford I'm not ashamed to say he's super articulate I love listening to him everything he says is absolutely bang on and anyone who doubted him I hope you're supporting him now their violin lessons wouldn't pay for themselves anyway would they they'd have to work for Summit no daddy paid for them but it's irrelevant why's your dad buying Patrick Bamford violin lessons He's just a big fan of Patrick Bamford's violin style. Yeah, it's pretty good, to be fair. Right, go on then. Your words, narrative. Yeah, I think the narrative around the game was clearly that Leeds are poor at set pieces. Burnley Burnley had scored, contrary to various facts that we may have put out there in the first half of this podcast, eight goals before today. They've scored eight goals after today. And... Um, yeah, Sean Dyke said we're going to hurt them at set pieces. I was terrified every time they got a set piece, but we did brilliantly. So I think we've uh, bust the narrative today. So brilliant. On on to the West Brom game. Let's go and see if we can uh, get another positive result. Andy? My word's ugly, because people say how pretty we play football and how we've got this gung-ho approach and that's all we've got. We proved today we can do it ugly. You know that old... Can you do it on Stoke on a wet Tuesday night? Can you play against Burnley two days after Christmas and still do decent in crap weather? Yeah, you can, because they didn't play, did they? I thought... Second half, they threw sinkers, yeah. But they didn't really lay a glove, did they? That's three points in the bag for Leeds. Two Two on the spin at home. We'd have loved that today. That'd have been a perfect Boxing Day meet-up, wouldn't it? Oh, mate. The fact it's not even Boxing Day would have been sweet, wouldn't it? You have, you have normal Boxing Day lash and you have Boxing Boxing Day football lash, don't you? Yeah. It's beautiful. It's sleeting as truff outside. Um, How are the peacocks in there? Sleet, they're all right. They're all right, mate. They're hidden. I'm they're much more jovial though after a win, even when it's ugly. <laughs> Don't matter. Don't matter because what it hap- what it means is the next game in this division you win and it gives you a bit of a, a bit of breathing space because you win half your games you got way more than enough points to stay up. So we're playing a, rele- a relegation rival next game um, because Samuel Dice the other day said that Arsenal are relegation rivals. So I assume he thinks we are. Nah, he knows better than that. He's a clever bloke. He knows where like your European contenders. But we will be back this week with a podcast for the. West Brom game back on Saturday with a podcast for the Tottenham game Uh, enjoy your festive period see you next time Sports Social Podcast Network